word be in your heart, in your mind, and on your lip, that you may proclaim his holy gospel before the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Glory and praise to you, O Lord Jesus Christ. Glory and praise to you, O Lord Jesus Christ. One does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes forth from the mouth of God. Glory and praise to you, O Lord Jesus Christ.
And his last deeds and words are precisely laid out for us during this season of Lent. As we listen to the readings, as we listen to the Gospels during this Lent, we're following the Lord to his last moments. And so we must pay attention very closely to his deeds and words. They're going to show us a lot about his heart. And it's this heart that we need beating inside of us if we're going to live a life in Christ, a life in the Holy Spirit. From Jesus' own words and deeds, we're going to see this Lent. That he loves God, his Father. He loves his family, that is, you and I. And he wants to give each of us the opportunity to live forever. In particular, there are seven last words that are preserved for us in the Gospels. The Church has preserved this devotion. We call it the seven last words of Christ. They're not literally seven words, but they're seven things that Jesus said while he was on the cross in his dying moments. And each of these seven phrases, each of these seven words, shows us a little bit of something about the Lord's heart for us. And so I'd like to take these weeks of Lent to focus on these seven last words. Today, begin with the words that I began with, come from the Gospel of Luke. Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they do. Most of us spend our days trying to avoid the cross at all costs. The things we don't want to do, we procrastinate on, or we avoid the people we don't like, we stay far away from, we avoid encountering them. The interruptions, the inconveniences of life, we like to complain about, the sins we know we need to stop, we hide, keep off to the side, don't bring them to the light. <clears throat> Lent, of course, is a time for prayer, penance, sacrifice. We don't do these things just to prove to ourselves that we can do them. But what we do is we, we offer a small sacrifice to God out of something that is a little bit difficult for us. We deny ourselves in order to make an offering to God. And this is precisely what the Lord is doing for us when he goes to his cross. He offers something that is very hard out of love for you. This is exactly what Jesus is doing when he goes out into the desert to fast for 40 days to be tempted by the devil. That was not an easy thing. To climb up Calvary Hill with a heavy cross was not an easy thing. To forgive the very people that were doing this to him was not an easy thing, humanly speaking. Yes, Jesus is the Son of God, but he still suffered. These things were still hard for him. So what made him do it? Why would he do all that when he could have easily avoided it? He did it out of love for you. He did it out of love for his Father. He didn't avoid the desert. He didn't avoid the cross. Again, he very much could have. But love was the driving force behind his every word and his every deed. Whether it was in the desert, before he started preaching or in his dying moments, he was thinking of you as he offered himself to his Father for your and my salvation. True love is never measured only in the amount of pain and suffering that we undergo. It's measured by how close we are to someone, how close we desire to be to someone. If you were to ask a mother, 
how much she loves her child, it's not measured only in hours of sleep lost. How much do you love your child? 600 hours of sleep lost. Heroic. Very good. Doesn't even begin to capture the picture of love that a mother might have for a child. It's so much more than that. Yes, this is evidence that a mother loves her child, but it's not the whole story. Love includes all kinds of sacrifices that we make. And in fact, a love, the love that a mother has for her child helps her to, to know her child's every preference, all of his or her likes and dislikes. If you're like my mom, she can figure out that the same shrug of the shoulders can mean, yes, sounds good, I don't know, and I don't want to, depending on the circumstances. You just come to know because you're so close. There's no sacrifice that's too much for love. Jesus does not measure his love for you by how many days he spent in the desert or how many hours he hung upon the cross. He would have stayed out in that desert longer if he knew that it would mean one more soul in heaven. He would have hung on the cross longer if it meant one more soul in heaven. It's so much more, and yet it's evidence we see today his time in the desert, his time on the cross, is evidence of his love for us. And yet it is beyond anything we could ever Imagine, he did it all because he wants to be close to you. He wants to be with you forever in heaven. Father, forgive them for they do not know what they do. The Lord loves us so much that he's willing to make excuses for you. He's willing to make excuses for the very people who hurt him. Do you and I love that much? Love goes to a sacrifice Great. In order to make us right with God, the Lord entered into our humanity. He even entered into our temptations. He knows what it's like. He's there even in those moments. He didn't come to take away our temptations. He didn't come to take away our cross. He came to redeem it. And this is why we take up our Lenten penances. This is why we take up the Lenten observance. To make some small sacrifice to God. To show him how much we love him. To come closer to him. To show him that we too want to participate in the redeeming work that he did while he was on this earth. To help him carry some sliver of the cross on the way to Calvary. That's our journey this Lent. To walk with him in our prayer, fasting, and almsgiving. Hopefully at the end of Lent you can look back over the course of 40 days and you can see a concrete sacrifice that you made. That's good. Heroic, even. Excellent. Keep doing that. At the end, though, we're not going to measure our Lent in terms of how much chocolate we didn't eat, how much TV we didn't watch, how many rosaries we said. Again, all those are great things. They're evidence of a fruitful Lent, but they can never tell the whole story. Our Lent will and should be measured and how much more of God's friendship we have come to know and receive. Hopefully all of our sacrifices will seem like so little, so little that we can offer to our God who loves us so much. Because all prayers, all sacrifices, all penances, yes, even all acts of forgiveness, are so little when done 
for love. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, the maker of heaven and earth, of all things visible and invisible. I believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, born of the Father before all ages, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, consubstantial with the Father, through him all things are made. For us men and for our salvation, who came down from heaven, and by the Holy Spirit was incarnate of the Virgin Mary, and became man. For our sake he was crucified with a bunch of light. He suffered death and was buried, and rose again on the third day, in accordance with scriptures. He ascended into heaven, and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and dead. And his kingdom will have no end. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son is adored and glorified, who has spoken to the prophets. I believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church. I confess one baptism in the forgiveness of sins, and I look forward to the resurrection of the dead and the life of the to the God who knows the needs of his people, let us turn themselves for ourselves and for the poor. Heart of Church, as we begin the Holy 